Hey, thanks for being here. Let's do some pod crashing. Episode number 252 is with Alan Williams from Monkey Mania Radio. So I've, I've given them a heads up as to who I think you are. Um, I mean, we, we've known each other pretty close to 30 years. We, it's, been over, it's been over 30 years. Yeah, now. yeah. And uh, like I said, Alan had a vision to create an internet radio station, which uh, um, optimistic pessimist, I, I was like, oh, really? And uh, even though he had appeared on several podcasts with me as we interviewed different people, uh, it was like, okay. And he's invited me to be a part of it. And my answer has always been... How much are you going to pay? How much do I make? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's usually no. I've got so much and so many well, things. Said, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm truly surprised that you do not have that. You are not the the live version of Michael Keaton's multiplicity movie. <laughs> right. You need that many people. So. Um, I give to you, Mr. Alan Williams. How much are they, How much are you giving me for? It's like uh, right. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I thought about whether to be silly or just you know to be me, but I don't want to bore them to death. So. Well, first of all, I want to thank Arrow. As I said, uh, he and I have been friends for 30 years. He was the, uh, I am going to tell the quick story about the, the morning team. So he and I met, the last on-air work I did was with him back in 1992 when he was with WAQS, or AQQ, 95WQ. He allowed me to be the Billy to his John Boy. So um, at the time, I had this stupid idea of grandeur that we were going to be able to do a morning team. I even had the name picked out right. It was called Straight and Arrow. You know, walk the straight and arrow path in the morning. So, needless to say, he couldn't go. Uh, he, he couldn't. Nobody in Charlotte was going to hire us with no experience. So, he's eventually, I'm going to eventually get him in the studio, and we're going to record one show for the station. So, okay, I'm going to ask you a very stupid question. How many of you know who the monkeys are? You know, the, hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. People say, nope. This one was, this, this, this one's parents did not treat, raise her right. Okay. So, I'm kidding. Um, there are two things that I've loved since I was, yay. Uh, radio and the monkeys. So, the, genesis, the station is called Monkey Mania Radio. I share this dream with six other insane, nutty people around the country. And, oh, by the way, uh, don't get mad. These are just notes, and they're big print, so I can read them. And, you know, the eyes go when you get to be my age. You'll be there eventually. But um, the genesis of it started back in 2019 after I wrapped up a three-year run on a podcast, a Monkeys podcast, with a very good friend of mine. One of the questions we talked about during that period is, why was there never a Monkeys channel, even a limited edition Monkeys channel, on Sirius XM? Well, when you compare it to the Beatles channel, it's pretty simple. The Beatles have like 10 or 20 times more product than the Monkees. There's just not enough for it. So, But after the podcast ended, a couple of months I revisited it, and I said, you know, the Internet gives us a vehicle to be able to do this. And I figured, what the hell? I take a shot at it. If it doesn't work, I at least tried. Now, it's called Monkey Mania, now, Monkey Mania Radio Now, or MMR for short. The original name for it, and I haven't shared this with very many, there are only about a dozen people who really know this, and it was originally called Pleasant Valley Radio, after the monkey song Pleasant Valley Sunday. And the logo was simply a green beanie like Mike Nesmith used to wear with a patch that said PVR. So late 2019, I start doing due diligence, and of course the first question you want to ask is, well, where am I going to put it? Where am I going to host it? And there are some great hosting companies, streaming companies out there. But because I, when you have ADHD squirrel, like I do, mm-hmm. you know, there are some things that will cause you to go crazy. 
So there's one that stood out, and it's one we've been with since we we're going to celebrate two years, three different anniversaries this year. July 4th is the two-year anniversary of our very first test broadcast. July 21st is when we went soft opening, which means we basically had seven different playlists, and we played the same playlist every Monday, different playlists every two years. So he was a part of that, which I'm thankful for. And then the actual go-live date is September the 12th, which coincides with the day that the Monkey's Television Show debuted in 66. Guys, it been that long. So I came across Live 365, and the reason I went with them is, number one, they are reasonable. Yeah. But the biggest thing, they're the only streaming service that handles the licensing and the royalties on their end because – was it? Is it every quarter now? Is it every quarter or once a year? Every okay. Every quarter, every terrestrial radio station has to produce a list of every song that they played during that previous quarter. There is a equation that they have to figure out how much to cut a check for licensing and royalties to and then mail it to Sound Exchange. Sound Exchange is the company that is uh, distributes the, the, the royalty money appropriately. Artists, producers, writers, so that's why they end up getting a check for a buck and a quarter every quarter. So Live 365 pays Sound Exchange directly out of our monthly service fee. So page two. So once I got that taken care of, um, it basically the about the time I got ready, I said, okay, I'm going to use these guys, but I'm not going to sign up because the original plan was for me to pay for it out of my own pocket because I could afford it at the time. And the pandemic hit, and that gave me the opportunity to start building the library. Well, during that time, I had started contacting some people, including Arrow, uh, to be a part of this. I mean, I've always wanted to work with him. You know, he's, you know, I, I had the opportunity, you guys have the op- same opportunity I did, is to steal his art. So now I had the opportunity to give it back to him. But, of course, he, was, he couldn't do it because he was too busy, and I couldn't afford to pay him which I, I, w- I, would, I would not have asked him to do it. He was kind enough to do some liners for the soft opening, for which I'm eternally grateful. But you know, I, I would not have asked to, uh, a person of his talent and everything to join us if I couldn't, if I could have paid him. So, All right, so then we hit the one roadblock that almost caused me to fold it up. 1998, I know you all don't remember that. But during the George W. Bush administration, there were a couple of websites out there like LimeWire and... Um, Napster, who were basically pirating music. They were allowing people to download it for free. So there was also a, I don't know, did, it ever, did they ever prove it to be fruition that there was another payola scandal or was, this, was that just preemptive? The payola scandal of the 1990s came from the song uh, Closing Time from Semisonic. Congress passed a law called the Digital Millennium Copyright Act of 1998. Number one, what that did was it shut down sites, Napster and LimeWire, because they weren't paying royalties. But it also set new stringent rules for terrestrial radio stations as to what they could play. That means you cannot play more than four songs by any one group or artist in a three-hour time slot, which resets at the top of every hour. You can't play more than three songs in a row from any group or artist. You can't play more than two tracks from the same album. So, as I, you know, that was like brick wall, and I went, uh-oh. So then my rep at three, Live 365 saved the day. He tells me, I said, okay, here's what you can do. 
if you, you know, because we're not for profit station, so you can reach out to the people who handle the broadcast rights and the publishing rights, explain what you're doing, and ask them if they would grant you a waiver that would allow you to circumvent that four in three. We went to Rhino Records, who handles all the Monkees' studio album catalog, and they said no, repeatedly. But I found out why. In Rhino's case, it's all about protecting the brand, the Monkees' name. If they say, yes, we'll give you, because even though we were the only station playing Monkee-centric stuff, if we give it to you, we got to give it to you if you decide you want to do a Monkees radio station. So it's, and you know, they, they want to protect the brand. So I understood that. During that time, as I'm trying to figure out what to do and talking to Rich about it, my rep, my angel enters the fray. Um, I had this woman uh, as part of our podcast. She has direct connections to both Mickey Dolan's and the late Michael Nesmith, plus she's had experiences with David and Peter. She actually works with Mickey um, on here as non-concert appearances. They're, anytime you see him at a Comic-Con, like a fanboy or a Steel City or anything like that. Chances are she'll be there. So she's there with, his, with him easily. So she got, through her connection, she got us a waiver from Mickey to play all of his solo stuff, uh, a waiver from Michael Nesmith's oldest son and who is trustee of his estate to play one part of his catalog. The other is Sony and I'm not dealing with them. So we, you know, we played them sparingly. Uh, David, the, the trustee of David's estate, and uh, two people that are involved in Peter's estate. So now, along with a record label in the UK called 7A Records, who is responsible for putting out six or seven different Monkey solo project albums. So now we have all this solo stuff and extra stuff that we can play all we want. Then I find out that live concert stuff is not covered under DMCA. So we have live stuff. And then the idea of what we call, what originally was called the Six Degrees of Monkey Mania. You remember cutting that bumper for me? Yeah. Six Degrees of Monkey Mania. So what that meant is we dealt with people who were, uh, there are a number of people that appeared on the show, Bobby Sherman and Stan Freeberg, who had records. So they're in the library. Uh, songwriters. Yes? Um, I... Th I the, with the six degrees of the monkeys, I'm going I'm to interrupt you there for a second. You're, you're comparing that to the six degrees of separation of Kevin Bacon. Kevin yes. Bacon. Okay, I just wanted to make that yes. clear so people. Understand. I'm sorry, those of you that have no idea what six degrees of Kevin Bacon is, thank goodness. <laughs> but we've come to find out that everything comes, just like everything comes to Kevin Bacon, everything comes to the monkeys. So, so we began the uh, songwriters, Boyce and Hart, King and Goffin, uh, even Adam Schlesinger. Uh, Noel Gallagher and Peter Weller, Andy Partridge, um, Ben Gibbard of Death Cab for Cutie. All these people have written songs for the monkeys. Neil Sedaka, Neil Diamond. How, I, how can I ever forget? You know, but all that. So we started adding tracks from the songwriters. Opening acts, Ike and Tina Turner, Hendrix, um, The Fifth Dimension, Weird Al Yankovic, um, The Grassroots, um, Gary Puckett and the Union Gap. And all these people are coming in. It's the most eclectic library you will ever see. And it would put even 95.7 and Dave Lingefeld's library, and 95.7 The Ride, it would put them to shame. I tell people it's the only radio station that you can hear Monkeys, Stan Freeberg, the Manhattan Transfer, yes, there's a connection there, and Bowling for Soup. 
Now we play one Bowling for Soup song. It's High School Never Ends because it was written by Adam Schlesinger. So, and he wrote songs for and produced the last two Monkey albums in 2016 and 2018. So, now we call it the music of the Monkey Verse. So you can see that it all encapsulates. We all we play. We play stuff from uh, artists that are fans of the monkeys. Glenn Tilbrook and uh, Glenn, no, I meant Tilbrook and Difford of Squeeze. We play Squeeze because they're huge monkeys fans. Um, so, you know, that's, we now have enough to be able to start playing. So we have over 2,000 tracks in our library, which is unique. And so as this goes, comes along, I start bringing people in. Uh, I have Jody, who is my business partner, and I will tell you point blank, and I will shout this. I'm glad you're recording this because I want everybody to hear this. MMR would not exist without Jody, not only because of her connections, but because of her business sense. Like, you can imagine me trying to, trying to take down all these songs and figure out how to pay sound exchange. Her connections, she started a Kickstarter program for us, raised over 12 grand to get us off the ground. That was flat amazing. So she did. Plus, she's you know she does, has a lot of marketing ideas. She's the only one that didn't have any radio experience, but she's blossomed into a really good uh, air personality. I don't use the term DJ because there's no such thing as anymore. Um, I have Charles Rosenay who lives in Massachusetts. He is our interview specialist. He has promoted Beatle conventions, Monkey conventions, uh, paranormal conventions, and he has a lot of connections to people that he talks to. So we have an interview show with him. We have Scott Catton, who is also lives in the Boston area. He uh, is the only one that has is currently working in radio. He works at an all news station, so you can imagine what his delivery is like. So I call him our answer to Ted Baxter, but he is he is our ad hoc promotion guy. He is out there promoting the station at record conventions and all sorts record shows and all that. Um, and we have. Uh, Mick Lawless, who has a unique collectible and record store in Massachusetts. His is the most eclectic radio show you will ever hear. It's not as dirty as Stern's, but it's as varied as Stern. You never know what you're going to hear on that show. We have uh, myself. Um, I do a couple of things that I normally, that I try, because I'm like him. I'm from the old AC top 40 presentation kind of thing. And I've learned to, to converse rather than, you know, Hey, another five. So the Ron radio voices, I call it. Boss jocking. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, you and I grew up on it, remember? I mean, so Jack Gale was the Jack Gale was the big boss jock here in Charlotte when I was a little kid. And he was the one who inspired me to go into it. So but um, and then we have um, backstory on my other guy who lives out in L.A. Back in 1986, when the monkeys came back. And they were popular because of MTV. The two men that were behind the creation decided they wanted to do it again. So they held nationwide tryouts. They picked four more guys and called them the New Monkeys. They lasted 13 episodes, syndicated, and one album. But their bass player, Marty Ross, who's a great musician, if you've ever heard of a band called The Wigs, he was in that. Um, he, he does, he's on right before me. So we have a D-lister on a celebrity. So. But, um, you know, it's... I said, do you guys, how many of you have heard of 95.7 The Ride? It's, yeah, okay. It is, that's why I say I love Dave Lingefeld because it's as close to freeform radio as you'll get. That's what we are. You know, I'm, my limited knowledge of radio, I try to keep a format, you know, I, I try to get people to do the commercial breaks at 20 till and 10 to, 20 after and 10 till. Doesn't always work that way, but 
you know, and having to voice track everything is, is we've got everybody who voice tracks at different speed, different levels. So they upload it to the cloud and then we go in and we start creating playlists. Um, as far as the commercials go, um, we had a small conversation about this the other day. Being a not-for-profit station, we have to run a, a fair amount of commercials. So we have two commercial breaks an hour. We run three and a half minutes every break. But what that does is it generates about 40 to $50 a month in ad revenue, which we get deducted from our... So we're, we're net running about 40 to $60 a month, which is, which is affordable. So They have a live option in Live365, but it's like... It's like trying to it's it's like trying to do something live at a, at, a, at an iHeart station. It just doesn't happen. So, but we create playlists, and then it's my job once they get the playlists in to schedule them into slots. Now, the other great thing about Live three sixty five's software or hardware and the DMCA is they will tell us if I try to schedule something, they will tell us if we're in violation. So if they tell me the, the, the monkeys have been played more than four times in three hours, I go back in there, I swap it out, I'll, I'll go in and edit, it, edit the playlist, and I'll put in a live track or something. So then we just go, we, we program 12, different, 12 new hours of music a day, and then repeat it from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. That way we don't have to do double duty on the voice tracking. So The other great thing is we're not governed by the FCC, so we can pretty much not only play what we want to or the, the artists that we want to, but we can say whatever we want to, but I try to tell people, go easy on the F-bombs. <laughs> Did you say it? Um, I think we've had one. I've, I think I've used it once. Wow. I mean, I'll drop an S-bomb every now and then, but, you know. But if, I, if it comes to the point, like, I was t um, one of the things I do is on my show is call, I call it the fastest two hours in radio. Don't ask me why. I don't know where I came up with it, but. I do something called What If Wednesday, where I have this alternate universe where the monkeys never went away. And I go through different years and pick songs that I think the guys could have recorded and had hits with. So one I did last time was Don't Let It In, because it's one of my favorite Styx songs, when I like them. Because I, don't, I can't stand them anymore because of what Tommy Shaw and James Young did to Dennis DeYoung, but that's another story for another class. And at the end, I said, as I got ready to say, oh, and by the way, uh, James Young and Tommy Shaw, bleep you. So, But, you know, it's... It's been a labor of love. It, there's been growing pains. We've had a couple of people. We've had three people that have joined the staff that we got rid of. One was an, uh, an, en an endless self-promoter. He lived in Melbourne, Australia. And he didn't really promote the station. He promoted himself. So I got tired of that and bounced him. And then we had two other people uh, connected with the largest Monkeys podcast who unfortunately tried to be covert about getting me out. And when I drew the line in the sand, I said, no, you guys are done. And that hurt, that hurt us a little bit because we were starting to pick up momentum. But we're getting back to where we are. So um, we're getting ready to celebrate two years um, because of people like him. I keep, it keeps the fire burning in me. And I'm going to make this last as, I'm going to make this last longer than our beats. <laughs> that's an inside joke, right? I mean, so. And that's about it. So if you guys got any questions you want to ask, fire away. So yeah, um, I'm 18 years old. Mm -hmm. My first vinyl, believe it or not, ever was uh, More of the Monkeys. Ah, God so bless you. So if you're looking for a younger audience who just hasn't been a, like, introduced to that type of music, what would be your next step into venturing into their music? 
that's a good question. What we're trying to do is, uh, and that will come with the increasing our footprint. Right now, we're averaging about 3,000 listeners a month, which for a niche, because let's be honest, you would agree with me. It's a niche station, right? It is a niche station, but you know, but like you, but when, you know, you stopped at three thousand. Um, what people don't understand, I mean, even when I was with R Beats, it was paid by the listeners. In other mm-hmm. words, it, if we had one million listeners, we had to pay for those one million listeners. Mm-hmm. That's 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 part of the royalty fees. And so, so I mean, three thousand to me is if, if if you're happy with and, and comfortable with that, I love that number because because somewhere along the line, they're going to come knocking on your door asking for more money. Yeah, well, it's like I say. You told me one time, like, do you have one listener? Then you're a success. That's right. So, but um, the idea is to, the, the great thing about the monkeys is it's, a, it's family. You have people like myself who was an original, I'm old enough to be an original maniac. But you have all these people, you have the second generation that, like my, my podcast partner, Al, who discovered the reruns in the 70s. You have the MTV generation, which is the third generation when they came back in 86. Then you have the 90s and you have families that share this music with people. It's great pop music. I don't care how you cut it. It's, it's great pop music. It's, uh, Michael Nesmith was the godfather, whether people will admit it or not, of country rock. Before the Flying Burrito Brothers and the Eagles, there was Nez. That's another story for another time, but he's the godfather. And there's, it, it's just great music that you I mean, they swiped. You know, Smash Mouth covered I'm a Believer for Shrek. Oy. But as, as our audience grows, families, we, we, we get families, and they introduce their kids to it, and their kids do it, their kids fall in love with it, and then down there, we've got four generations of fans right now, but it's basically getting to them, and that's, we have not done a lot of advertising of the station per se. We have a Facebook group page, we have a website that really is not a website, it's, it's a link from, it's a link off of Jody's main page, but our goal for year three is, I'm going to use a very old analogy to start out with. We started out like a 40s Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland movie to say, hey guys, let's put a show on in the barn. And that's how we were. When we moved into our second year, as we got tighter and gained more experience, I called us off-off-Broadway. Our next step is to go off-Broadway. And the way we do that is to, we're going to advertise more. Uh, you'll, see on, you'll eventually see ads on Facebook, uh, targeted ads. And we, if we go to that, then we can tighten up even more, and then we can move to the to the big, great white way, as it were. So, you know, you, we we talked a little bit about ninety five seven. Now, to a listener that'll that'll pick this up that lives in Seattle, Washington, they're not going to know anything what we're talking about. That's true. So, so as the program director and creator of Monkey Mania Radio, do you even think about localism, or is it always? It's like don't don't mention the town that you're in unless it's, it has something to do with the with the phys, physical physicality of what you're trying to attempt. Well, you know, is uh, since you've had since you've had the voice track. Voice track, you, if you're in a specific market, you're targeting that. But since we're nationwide, we have to be more generic. The, um, we are bad on promoting each other's shows. But we go out of our way to make sure that if Mickey's somewhere, that we promote that. I do it, you know, I, I'm still stuck in, in, in that mode. I will promote this, the second hour. Of my, we all do two-hour shows. So the second hour, I will promote the guy coming up next to me. 
Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I will promote the weekend stuff because weekends are a little slack right now. And what we're going to end up doing is we're going to end up uh, running all six of us seven days a week. Should I really tell? Should I really tell them what my original plan was? Which was to have people like you guys work the weekends. You know, it it would be you know it's unpaid and everything, but it would it would have given you an opportunity to say, put on your resume, hey, I was a weekend jock. I did two to four Saturdays and Sundays on Monkey Mania Radio, internet station Monkey Mania Radio. But, but let's, let's go reality there, because I think you and I had that conversation many times, and I may have been that pessimist that said, are you sure? Because if, if you are, one of the toughest things about getting into broadcasting is finding that commitment to always be there. Um, right now, it's in a mode of, uh, well, if I'm in the mood for it, I'll make the drive. But if I'm not in the mood for it, I'm not even going to walk 12 feet into my studio at home. I'm just, I'm just going to hang out. And so, and that's one of the things that I, I think I stayed back on that. We're going, no, you got I, I can send you people who understand what's going on that can give you that commitment because I don't want them to hurt you and your product. Mm-hmm. No, I understand. And what I originally thought about it was, you know, I'm, wasn't sure how the class size was, so it would have been on a rotating basis. You know, three months with three months with a couple of people at your recommendation, another couple of people for another three months to give them just to give them. Because one of the things that I did it the I did this the hard way. I was in the business for six years. Um, I had I had wanted to go to the old Carolina School of Broadcasting, which was owned by WBT's old parent company, Jefferson Pilot, but my parents wouldn't do it, so. I moved to Flint. I spent all but 10 of my 10 years of my life here in Charlotte area. I moved to Michigan for the other two times. So I moved to Flint, Michigan in 1981 and I did it the hard way. I interned at a, uh, in the music library at a 5,000 watt AM station, WTRX. And it scared me when I found out I knew more about oldies than the consultant. So I had one full-time gig. It was overnights, uh, at a 5,000 daylight, 250 watt overnight, which is what I was doing. But they had me on air 40 hours a week. And it was like I had two eight hour shifts. And my body was not, I was 23. My body wasn't used to it. And of course, I don't think I've ever told anybody this. I fell asleep on the air twice. And, and the only, and it's funny, the only people that were listening to really, that I thought the only people that were listening to me were at the emergency ward of the local hospital because 250 watts, you don't get out of the building pretty much. And they called the cops. <laughs> they did. The police came to the station twice. Second time, the PD said, look, I'm sorry, Alan, we can't keep doing this. So, but yeah, um, 91 or 87, I moved back to Charlotte. In 91, I got my dream gig. Um, I spent a year. I spent a year and a half, a year, year and a half doing weekends on WBT when they still played music. And I was stupid and got shown the door there, but I was like 23 going on, or I was like 20, uh, 31 going on six. So. But they need to understand that being stupid is part of the game. Yes. Every, everybody has a stupid story. I mean, even as a musician, being at the restaurant and things like that. I mean, you, you, uh, we, all have, we all do stupid things. And it, because I, th- I believe that broadcasters, uh, because we're creative, we, we take chances. We live on the edge. We, we say, yeah, I'll do it. Let's do it. And then you get caught. It's like, oh, I, I did it. <laughs> oh, yeah. damn. Uh, turn, in your, turn in your door key. So, but, you know, and I was out of the business for 20 years until he comes back. Well, we'd been... As I said, the last thing I did was when he was doing mornings for a while. Um, and then I was away from it for 20 years. In 2012, I get a call from him. I need your voice. I went, okay. So that launched like a three-year thing of him teaching me to be a, a competent voice artist. 
And then that ended because no fault of my own because somebody else did something at another station to where uh, Clear Channel made a change. So, But then I started the podcast, and now I'm here. Is Monkey Mania, is it still a fantasy to you, or have you gone to the next level, which is commitment? <laughs> you see a ring on his finger? No, I'm kidding. I am, I am not going to lie. I have never had projects that made it to fruition until the last six years of my life. I have a business that I I do music bingo shows at bars, restaurants, and breweries. I've been able to do that for five years now and been able to give the corporate world the big, you know, the stone cold salute. And that was the first one. And I am committed to this for as long as it takes to make it longer than our beats. (laughs) Um, But, I'm committed to take this as far and as long as we are, as we can do it. Um, the faces may change, the names may change, but you know, I, I'll be in it for, I'm in it until Jody says we can't do this anymore. You know, Cause she's the one's got the purse strings. How dedicated are you to the analytics? Are you addicted to them? Because I mean, you know, even though I've been doing this oh, ratings my entire life, basically since 1979, uh, the it, it's always, what are the numbers? What are the numbers? What are the numbers? Numbers? We don't need no stinking numbers. I will, let me clarify that. Um, One of the guys that was a very great creative mind when it came to creating uh, visual images, he's a graphic artist, but was, again, tried to take, tried to get me out. Um, He used to bombard our group chat on Facebook with numbers every day. I don't look at the daily numbers. Now, the daily numbers now are up a little bit, most of our, most of our, uh, all, most of the six of us average double digit listeners every show from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. What I look at is the, um, they, they allow us to see on our dashboard, they allow us to see how many people are listening live and how many people we've had listening in the last 24 hours. That's the one I take a look at, although I have to question their number, their, I have to question whether the, the numbers they're saying are real or not because sometimes they seem a little low. Yeah. But that's why I say that's why. I'm, I'm, I'm taking it average. Uh, that's why I say it averages out to about 3,000 listeners a month. So what about those time periods? Because, I mean, they're, they're just getting started in, in podcasting as well as broadcasting. And, and hopefully they'll be inspired to do their own video broadcasting as well. But there, there's that one zone that we don't like going into. And that is what I call the post-production blues. And, and because when you know that you sunk your soul into that performance, but the numbers weren't there. And, and that, to me, I believe so deeply that, that that's where people walk away from being what it is that I believe that they were called to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I personally, um, our biggest numbers are between, uh, 10 and two, our two shows, my friend, Joe, my, my partner, Jody, and we have the Unka duck show, which is a buddy of mine in Tennessee called his name is Doug Hubler story behind it is he was dating a, uh, dating a woman, had a little child and she wanted him, she wanted the child to call him uncle duck, uncle Doug couldn't pronounce. He said Unka duck. So that's what sticks. He calls his listeners ducklings. He is, he, he is his own personality, but we're starting the, the two to four shift, which is Marty, our new monkey and me, which is four to six. They're starting to pick up. Um, we actually, now I will tell you, you would not believe where our, the listener that spends the most time listening to this station is where, where they're located at. Yeah. I, I, know, I know the answer for my own. So, and it's never where I am. It's, it's mine is in California. 
Where's yours? Brussels, Belgium. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Yeah, um, as I talked about Live 365, Live 365 only goes to the U.S., the U.K., and Canada. And then I found that the U.K. does not include Ireland proper. Northern Ireland, yes, Ireland proper. So we have, pe- we have fans in Japan. We have fans in Australia, New Zealand, Europe so that's not in the U.K. So we found another partner that allows us to, to go more worldwide. So um, I make sure that I plug all of them because it, we've had a couple of people in Australia say, come on, Alan, you're not, pro- you're not promoting the, the international stuff. So now every break I do, so every, every break sending it to commercials goes, streaming on the Live 365 app through your Roku TV and worldwide via streamer.com and the Simple Radio app. We are MMR. And that's really super important because I think we talked about this last week about the different platforms that you need to be on. You need to say yes to everything. But the thing is, though, is that when you team up with a broadcast company, uh, the, the bigger guys and things like that, they're going to try to shut you down. And so that when you when you start now and you get things going, you've got to be able to go into that talk and you've got to be able to protect what you've got, basically. And and so because they, you can't sell out yourself because you're building this platform, you're getting your own numbers, you're developing this system of success, but but if, if you walk into a company and they say, we like what you're doing, but you got to sign over your rights to us because everything that you do belongs to us from this day forward. And it's like, no, we, we, we've got to protect it. I just had a flashback. Okay. I, no, I, I just had a flashback for you. We know that. Uh, so. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it is... My, it is our labor of love, and, and I have to be careful because I pissed Jody off when I said that I'm the owner, mm-hmm. and I'm not really. I mean, she's the co-owner. She's the business side. I'm the production side. So, But um, it has allowed me the opportunity to be creative. I don't, you know, I, that's why I came up. I do, I do a two for Tuesday, which, I can, which we can do because mostly it's, a, it's solo stuff. So, but... Um, but I do the what if Wednesday, and I have a ball doing it. I mean, it's like this is it, it's our, my homage, to, our homage to Casey Kasem. <laughs> so let me let's let's put this uh, in a, a level of play here that that includes this classroom. How important is learning Adobe Audition or any editing program? Know it, learn it, live it. I do. I use. I use 1.5. Uh, I've now this. You, the stuff I sent you recently. The the imaging. I've taken my first shot at imaging, and the imaging stuff that I sent you. I did on three, right. because it's a lot easier. Three has some great stuff on it. I promise. Uh, by the way, it will not work. You better make sure you have Windows 10. It doesn't work on 11. Although I'm trying. I understand there might be a workaround for 1.5. So I got. I'm studying it to see if I. Because I have a brand. I have a one-year-old laptop that has like 16 gig. I mean, it's like faster than a speeding bullet. And, and, and they need to understand that um, what they're learning on is the cream of the crop. They are learning on the absolute best. But when you yes. get out there on your own and you get into a, a company, you may not have the cream of the crop. I mean, but, but I love the idea that you're learning on the absolute best of Adobe Audition. Mm-hmm. But not every company is going to provide that for you. But you can't let that be your stepping stone. What you got to do is you, you've, you've got to make sure that you that you have the full path and not just a rock. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? To step on. You've got, you've got to yeah. make sure that you say, I got this. I got this. Just remind yourself, I got this. And avoid the quicksand. But um, anybody else want to? Anybody else want to just? 
he's 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 talking under his Buzz City mask. Is this guy done yet? I mean, come on. No. Well, where can people go to find out more about Monkey Mania and find out more about your experiences um, as you as you continue to grow into your third year? Um, you can um, you can check out our Facebook group page. It is Monkey Mania Radio. Um, it's free to join. We don't bite much. Um, if you'd like to listen to uh, us on a laptop or computer or a tablet, you can go to live365.com, click on their listen button, and type in monkey, M-O-N-K-E-E. Um, if you'd like to do it on your phone, Live 365 and simple radio apps are free. Download them, and then just, again, search monkey. We, we, ha- we found out the reason we call it monkey, the reason we're using monkey mania instead of the S, the S will get us in trouble with, with Rhino. Oh. So, yeah, so... But it has been uh, it, it's been a journey. Uh, I'm very I don't like to toot my own horn. I, I try not to toot my own horn. I'm I'm very happy that I didn't give up because when I found out about DMCA, man, it was like Thor's hammer caught me right in the gut. So let me ask you one final question: If you had not taken the leap of faith, what would you be doing right now? Doctor music. That would be that would the the, the music bingo thing would be the only thing I'd be doing. Yeah, I mean. I can't carry a podcast on my own. I I know that uh, you have you have that gift to be able to do a podcast on you. You are an interviewer like none other. It's an ego. I know, but <laughs> it's all ego. I know, but <laughs> I just yeah no I, I no ego eagle eagle hangers maybe but no ego so but I really I I didn't have a, I, I didn't give myself a choice. I said, you're going to do this. You've got, you know, you've got to try. And so far, I'm still floating above water. I got a, I got a dozen people listening to me every day between four and six. And, you know, that's why I say, you know, I, I couldn't do I tell me I couldn't do it without you. I didn't, wouldn't want to. But, you know, and we, one of the things we do is, is I always am, you know how the monkeys at the end of the, uh, end of the show, the song is always go, love and understanding. Mm-hmm. I always close it. You, you always close out by saying, uh, "Keep uh, keep loving and, and keep, keep loving those pets. pets." Mine is, "It's a monkey's world. We just share love and understanding in it." Actually, you know Peace what's really interesting is that uh, "Keep Smiling, and Keep Loving Those Pets" was uh, something that I started in Billings. But uh, these guys have have seen some of the interviews. Uh, the way that I wrap things up now be the same way. I'm going to wrap it up with you. Okay. All right. Well, wait a minute. Can I say one more thing to these guys? Okay. One more time. Okay. I want you guys. You you know. By, you know you, you have the drive and the desire to, by being here and learning from one of the best. But you also know how tough it is. I mean, it is all conglomerates for the most part. And you have, they're, they're not looking at you. They're listening for something. Don't let that discourage you. That was one of the things that, that discouraged me was um, sending out sending out samples and right and left and not hearing anything. If you want to do it bad enough, you'll find a way. Don't let no mean no. It just means not here. I mean, there's still, and like say, you know, if pot, do your own podcast, that's a way to get noticed. Um, you know, worst comes to worst, you start your own radio station. If you come for, but if you start a monkey's radio station, I'm coming for you. So no, I'm kidding. So, All right. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me that last little diatribe. Absolutely. This is the way we wrap things up now.
Alan, please come back to the show anytime in the future. You know the door is always going to be open for you. Yeah, but the only problem is, is with the way I walk, I'm liable to run into it. I love it, though. All right, man, you be brilliant, all right? Arrow, <laughs> Alan Straight, Straight and Arrow. There you go, buddy. 2024. <laughs>